Got it. Business likes it frictionless. And that, that kind of had a lot of friction. So get this, so get this. Um, uh, while we could have beat everyone, uh, you know, our, our recent supply, ch uh, supply chain episode, could have yeah. beat everyone. Uh, it, it still beat some really heavy hitters to the, uh, you know, to, to, to the marketplace of ideas. Yeah. Yeah, so. I was thinking the same thing. I saw that uh, some some big dogs are like, are you having trouble getting your items? I dive deep into what is causing the supply chain crunch. Uh, like, yeah. Yeah. Get in yeah. line, bro. Um, Jonah Goldberg had uh, an economist or somebody on, a, on his remnant podcast. Uh, we recorded before them. We just, you know, we didn't get the high production. Uh, values added on and drop it um but uh uh so so they 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 beat us out but then um yeah i don't know if it was like the wall street journal or uh when it probably won the journal but it was it was uh yeah so, somebody kind of big i mean this this uh, supply chain thing it's got people talking all the people are talking they tell me every day <laughs> is that true i mean you hear about it a lot i do i just i i was actually speaking with a client this morning and um they are moving into their new house and they ordered blinds 10 weeks ago blinds can you imagine and they're like yeah so we moved into our brand new house and we don't have any blinds so we've got to get the temporary paper ones from Home Depot. Uh, or, you know, just wear clothes around your house. That's nah, overrated. It's your house. Okay, you ready? Let's get it. Uh, here we go. Oh, we're the Dancing Kramers, and I'm Jackson Grant. I put the music in. Right off, right off the dome like that. That's pretty good, Jeff. Off the Iron Dome. Off the Iron Dome, yeah. Yeah, trying to get our Israeli uh, listeners back. Um, okay, uh, so I am Howdy. Uh, I, I am Howdy. Howdy. I am the learned constable, the host of the Managing Expectations podcast, one Jeff Winger. And with me, as always, is the aide-de-camp, Brian Grimm. Howdy, Brian. Howdy, Jeff. Is that your new uh, Wu-Tang Clan name, the Learned Constable? Um, it's a line from uh, Much Ado About Nothing, hmm. um, uh, where the one guy... <laughs> Uh, let's see. It's like hero's father. Okay. So hero's father says, uh, uh, the learned constable is too clever to be understood. <laughs> cause he's, cause he's, uh, a knucklehead and he's, uh, trying to talk fancy. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I got a lot, 
I got a lot going on, but uh, uh, we're we're cramming in a, an extemporaneous uh, managing expectations podcast that I think you're really going to enjoy, listeners. Um, but uh, uh, I, I don't know. Brian's going to Davos for like two weeks or or something, so we've got to hustle and get this in. I, I said it was undisclosed, so I'd rather you didn't say where it was. I, uh, you know what? Um, we did have a Swiss listener. Man, Levine is just—he is just crushing it. You know, I mean, you know, he's, he's, like, he's doing a great job. He's, he's doing, doing a great, great job. job. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's—it's like, it's like he's not even trying. Just no, no, no word whiskers. He's very articulate. Just does a ton of research it's unbelievable i thought it was interesting that you said that uh, we bring to you an ex extemporaneous uh, episode i think a lot of them are <laughs> this one is extra extemporaneous here, here, here are my notes and the research okay. that i've done in behalf uh for for upcoming um I was uh, so, listen, we ought to get right into this. Uh, you, uh, you you probably haven't uh, seen Black Widow yet, have you? No. Uh, and you're not going to because you've got like a thing about Marvel now. You only watch, you only watch the Star Wars movies. And the, and the, the Disney cartoons the Pixar and Disney animated cartoons, but you absolutely positively draw the line at the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This was this in your research. I feel a little blindsided by this by this topic right now. We're going to get into this. Okay. Well, well, here's the thing. You and I both are. Um, uh, I don't know if we both appreciate the work of uh, one Florence Pugh. That's correct. Uh, who I saw in the miniseries, The Little Drummer Girl. Same here. Uh, I didn't see Little Women. Neither did I. Tell the and truth and shame the devil, Brian. I did, and I wore cosplay. <laughs> I dressed up as I, I dressed up as Timothy Chamolet. Uh that boy. He's in that movie, isn't he? Is he in Little Women? I don't know. I, I think he is. I'm not really that familiar with him. Um uh, we, we just did this last week when I confused him with Leah Sadu, who's in the uh, new uh, <laughs> the new James Bond movie, which is getting which which people are apparently liking. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so okay. Well, so was, anyway, was... so so the Black Widow movie is 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 pretty good. Uh, is it? Yeah. Because I had, I had heard that it wasn't that like, like everybody seems to be just kind of phoning it in and just not that great. 
But... Uh, I, I disagree. I absolutely okay. disagree. Now, I, don't get me wrong. It's not great. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you don't like the Marvel movies, it's okay with me because, you know, the, the villains have all been one-dimensional. <laughs> Thanos was, was stupid, but at least he was maybe two-dimensional. Uh, his henchmen were just like people whose like names you didn't even know, you know, they just like try to figure out their powers as they go along. So it's not really a Elmore Leonard type deep dive into the character of the uh, villains. Uh, and so it is here with, uh, with this. Um, so uh, Scarlett Johansson is drawn back in uh, okay, so, so so I mean, do you do you know the premise of? Well, well, let me just say, I I do think Scarlett Johansson probably uh, had money stolen from her when Marvel didn't uh, uh, distribute do what they the, said. Yeah, do what they said. Go ahead. Didn't didn't distribute the the movie in the theaters mm -hmm. uh, because you know even though. The Delta variant was was raging, uh, and there was you know there's reason to not see it at the theater. Um, I, I'm sh I'm sure it cost her money, and it was a and it was a better movie than that. It was a much better movie than Captain Marvel. It was better movie than the last two, the, you know, like Iron Man two and three. So, uh, you know, there's a lot, look. I, I've seen most of the Marvel movies, but not all of them, and. Uh, some of them have just been workmanlike, and I think this one was a little better than that. There was some better uh, character development. The stuff between Scarlett Johansson and uh, Florence Pugh, who plays her little sister, uh, is is pretty good. And 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 there's like this really subtle thing that I thought was pretty great. And that is uh, the, the little, okay, so, so what it is is uh, in like 1995, a family had been, uh, of Russian spies had been inserted in America, much like the premise of the TV show, The Americans. And that included like the young Scarlett Johansson and the even younger Florence Pugh, and they actually had children actor, uh, actors uh, playing them. They didn't do uh, age reduction um, like they did Samuel L. Jackson in uh, Captain Marvel, and, and as they did with Rachel Weiss, who plays the mom. Though uh, that was, though apparently the technology's gotten better because uh, it was a lot more believable to to think that whatever Rachel Weiss was 30 or 35 than it was to think that Samuel L. Jackson was mm -hmm. whatever, 35 or 40. Anyway. Well, uh, would you, would you agree though, that uh, uh, the canvas has some effect on how the art turns out? Well, uh, yeah, I, I just would say it, it helps when you're cooking with the right groceries. Um, uh, that Rachel Weiss is a uh, is a, uh, a 
an attractive woman. No doubt. Okay. So, so they're embedded in, and, and do you know the actor, David Harbour? Uh, yes. Um, he, I don't really know if I've seen a whole lot that he's been in, but I know that he's kind of popular right now because he was in Stranger Things. Um, oh, is that is that what his is that what his things been? Yeah, I, I was. It seems like I I always confuse, I, I I confuse him with a couple of other guys. There was um, there was a guy who was in Studio sixty on the Sunset Strip, uh, and there was a guy who, uh, who that same guy uh, was in a couple of episodes of Justified. He played the FBI agent on the take who kills himself. Yeah, uh, in the alley behind the behind the boxing. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so, so I mean, they're, they're similar sort of guys. And then there's another guy who uh, was in a TV show set in Portland. Uh, he was also in an episode of uh, uh, Justified. He played uh, Danny Crow's uncle, who's actually his dad, um, and his name's like Kyle Bornheimer or something like that. Anyway, David Harbour is different, and I don't know what else he's been in. He kind of reminds me of uh, who you get when Michael Shannon isn't available. Good. Yeah. David Harbour is who you get when you can't get Michael, mm-hmm. Michael Shannon. Yep. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, so he, he, was, he was okay. So anyway... So it turns out that uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson was always a lot more Americanized than her little sister. So whatever, 25 years down, down the road, well, no, it would have been longer than, I, I don't know. Um, they run into each other again and a uh, fight scene ensues and that was pretty well done. <laughs> but then later on she's like uh florence Pugh's like really happy because she like has never been able to like buy her own clothes because she was in this like russian um assassin guild or whatever mm-hmm. and pro- program it was a, it was a program called the red room where they create black widows widows and um so she's like kind of like bragging about her vest and, and it was kind of sweet because she's she's like I, i've never gotten to buy my own stuff so she had to go on the run she went on the lamb and she bought her own vest but it's not quite cool at which scarlett johansson or, or natasha romanoff uh knows isn't really that cool she's like well it's kind of got a lot of pockets she's like what what i i like i i like to carry things and uh it, it was just it, i i liked it because as as you know and i i agree with barley blair from the russia house um you know i think that the tragic flaw of a lot of people including russians is they want to be like us that is you know people in the west or, or americans and uh, they can't quite pull it off without seeming really uncool about it. Mm. Anyway, so there was that. 
there was, you know, you know, it was kind of funny seeing like um, David Harbour with his dad bod try to squeeze into his uh, Red Guardian um, uh, outfit, his costume. Uh, That was funny. Uh, You know, Rachel Weiss was, uh, you know, you just get the impression that a lot of these guys just do it for like some huge Marvel payday. Right. right. And then they can and and now Rachel Weiss can go back to making all sorts of like little scene subversive independent movies. Um the the villain was played by uh, Ray Winstone, who is usually reserved for Guy Ritchie type roles where he plays um a sadistic British underworld boss um who else olga olga cory you know who this is olga Cor corlienko yeah she was in quantum of solace quantum of solace and i believe she was also in the tom cruise uh, sci-fi movie oh come on oblivion Oblivion. That's it. Yep. Okay. So she was really underused. I mean, maybe they're going to do something with her down the road, but she was, I mean, it was, I don't even, I mean, I don't know. I mean, she probably signed on because if there's a chance of getting that Marvel money, don't you, you know. Yeah. Throw your name in there. Kind of. Yeah. So anyway, um, all right. So, I liked kind of the, I kind of liked the family stuff. It was like, it was alternatingly um, dysfunctional and sweet. And that was fine. And then uh, I will say that the final climactic battle scene was patently ridiculous. It was um, a gigantic thing falling out of the sky for about 45 minutes and then they're just like you know like doing all sorts of air acrobatics you know from from one piece of debris to another mm-hmm. and, you know there i mean there was some cool stuff but then there was just some other dumb stuff so yeah. overall you know i'd say yeah it was okay you know, it was okay uh and um you know what, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus is um, becoming a, a recurring character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Really? Yeah. So there was in the in the comics, like in the in the '60s, there was a guy named Jim Steranko who drew. Okay, so there was in in like during the war and then it, the war. Here I go again. During World War II, there was Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos. And that's where you get Dum Dum Duggan and, you know, uh, you know, just like this international, like Hogan's Heroes kind of international squad who foiled the Nazis at every turn. And uh, it was, in, in charge of it was Nick Fury. And... And then something happened and it wasn't quite as 
um, blatant as Captain America being put on ice. Hey, um, you know that, hang on, I'm gonna, you know that one story you wanted to tell me? That one, tell me that yeah. story. I'm, I'm gonna, and before I before I go any further with Nick Fury. Well, I was just thinking about uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and uh, who could have predicted that out of the cast of Seinfeld, um, she would be one of the biggest stars. Of course, Jerry, he's, I think he's practically a billionaire because of the syndication money that he's getting. And, he, you know, he's still performing stand-up. But uh, um, Julia has seemed to have done really, really well uh, from her stuff on Veep. She had a couple things on, on CBS and it's pretty remarkable. Um, I've, I always liked her. I know that some people thought that Elaine took away from the show, but I, I always liked her. No. And when it comes to uh, adding to the Marvel universe, I, I'm not sure that the world's ready for George Costanza supervillain. <laughs> so, 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 um, uh, in the sixties, which, which incredibly, incredibly, um, we're just 20, 25 years after the end of world war two. I mean, it was like so close, right? I mean, like I was born as close to the battle of the bulge as as somebody born today is from 9-11. I mean, some, you know, it's, um, it's hard to comprehend. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, you, you, I mean, it's not like I had like a close brush with the Nazis. I mean, I don't want to make it sound like I've got a, uh, you know, like I got a Indiana Jones thing going on here, but, um, uh, you know, when you just imagine, so, so anyway, so they're making comic books. And so they, they, they take Nick Fury and they turn him into a super spy. It's kind of like a James Bond kind of thing, but like they, they give him a shave and this artist, Jim Steranko is a very influential guy. He was in comics for a while, but then he was also, he also worked on Madison Avenue. He did, um, you know, commercial art. And uh, that uh, being, being said, um, you know, Nick, Nick Fury cleans up. And so he, he um, has this like really exotic girlfriend, like the Contessa Della Fontaine. Okay. And she's like this stunning brunette with like a, um, a white streak through her raven black hair. Like Storm. Storm had white hair. Oh. Oh, you're thinking of Rogue. Rogue. All right. Well, first of all, now I'm worried that not only are not our girls not going to listen to this episode, but we're never going to be able to talk to girls again without them saying, oh, yeah, you guys got really comic booky on that one. 
You could get the female, because, because female Jim, characters right. Jim Steranko is uh, a, a, you know, kind of a, kind of a serious artist. I mean, he really did some noteworthy uh, pop illustrations. He he stole from uh, notable uh, uh, artists at the time. I've got hanging on my wall a framed copy of uh, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. that um, looks like a, a Salvador Dali uh, backscape where like the gigantic pocket watch is melting over the the limbs of a dead tree <laughs> uh, it's not a dead yeah no it's like uh it's it's like a rock it's like a, some sort of rock cropping and then nick fury's running and then like the earth gives way to you know vast anyway so julia louis dreyfus uh plays um she she showed up in the not very good falcon and the winter snowman um <laughs> tv show uh on disney plus and then um uh anyway she makes an appearance in this so she uh she's gonna have something to do with the next phase of the mcu i, I don't and, and i've told you before i'm not not sure how much i I'm going to be interested in this uh, in the next phase, but I, I, I will tell you that Florence Pugh has uh, a, a nice quality about her uh, other than her just being cute as a button. Um, she, you know, she, I, I think she brings, I, I think she, she can play funny. She can play um, gravitas. Uh, did you like Midsummer? Didn't see it. No, no, neither did <laughs> no, I. No, neither no. did I. I, I saw the trailer for Midsummer and uh, got about 45 seconds in. And I said, okay, that's enough. You skipped. <laughs> I skipped. Skipped to the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't really look like my bag. Not my jam. Yeah. So anyway, Fl Florence Pugh is, uh, is, an, is a young actress to watch. As opposed to like, I, I, I've got, I gotta tell you, I mean, there's like just a ton of these guys. Uh, the kids are leaving me cold, you know? A lot of them don't, don't have that, that it, the it factor. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Florence Pugh has a couple of upcoming projects too uh, that look kind of interesting. So it's good that she's getting work and able to keep it going. Yeah. Um, she, well, you know, the little drummer girl was good. Um, yeah. Uh, who had Michael Shannon, they got Michael Shannon for that. That's so, right. so they didn't need David Harbor. And yeah, so she, what's impressive about her is that she's been in some stuff with some pretty big names, right. And some people that kind of command a presence. Um, little drummer girl had. One of the uh, Sars guards. Yeah, the, uh, a handsome Sars guard. Um, had Michael Shannon in it. Um, 
who else? Who was the who was the baddie in that? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, well, I think he, I think he's European. I don't think he's known to American yeah. audiences. Uh, but either way, I mean, she you know she's in some stuff with some pretty big names, and she holds her own. So keep up the good work. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. We're we are. This is a pro Florence Pugh podcast. Yeah. This is also a dad podcast. And so there was something that I wanted to talk about as, as it relates to submarines. <laughs> <laughs> and the only reason why I bring this up is because there's a Denver connection. I saw the headlines and I was like, this is kind of interesting. Um, uh, a man and his wife were recently arrested and charged with selling secrets, state secrets to a foreign government. And uh, they were, um, she at least was a teacher in Denver for a period of time. Uh, this guy uh, went to, uh, was in the Navy and he held top secret clearance. And uh, and they, they got caught uh, with a hard drive with stuff on it that, they shouldn't have uh, trying to sell it to uh, somebody they shouldn't be trying to sell it to. Uh, are you, are, are you being coy? Do, do we know who they were trying to sell it to? It doesn't say it just says a foreign entity. So I don't know if they're uh, trying not to <laughs> make any waves by keeping it vague. Maybe, maybe it was the French <laughs> so that they can start because, see, the French were going to sell some submarines and then the yeah. Americans said, eh, don't you want to upgrade the nuclear submarines? Yeah. Okay. That, that joke got a lot less funny after I explained it, after I diagrammed it. Hey, what's the okay? So okay, so uh, I watched a little football yesterday. Yep. Um, in the afternoon, I I absolutely fell asleep because it was the Washington football team against somebody forget forgettable, and I just I, it continues to rankle me that um, how hard is it to come up with a name for your football team? I, at this point, I think people, I think they're just like kind of going with it. Like, uh, oh yeah, it's like soccer in, in Europe. So we're just going to call them the football team and people are going to think it's cool. And then wait, that way it's, it's all about Washington and not about, you know, a word, a word we don't want to use anymore. You did see that the Cleveland Indians recently changed their name. Did you see that? Um, I did hear that. Yeah, but I don't know to what. It was something ridiculous, right? They went from Indians to Guardians. And people were making the joke, yeah, you what, saved a whole bunch of money by only like changing the first few letters of, of your name. Guardians. Guardians. It's not guard Indians. Guardians. Yeah, you drop the I-N and you added G-U-A-R-D. I. Okay, so <laughs> I'm not, 
Can you use it in a sentence, please? <laughs> okay, Guardians is a terrible name for a sports team. It's a terrible name for a superhero. It's, I, 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 you know, it, it, it barely works if you're raising a child who is not your own. Like, I'm, I'm his guardian. I mean, yeah. Apparently, Cleveland has like like the four guardians of the city in in like some. Uh, Apparently there is some... What is that, like the founding myth? I don't know what it is. I don't know. I tried to make some sense of it. I mean, it's like the two brothers, Romulus and Tom, who were suckled by the she-wolf of the the time of whatever. Oh, so you're familiar. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. Just because I said suckled by she-wolf, I was that wasn't a, a thing about your mom. So we've picked up some new listeners lately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anybody you're related to? Yeah. Oh, come on. How did well, that happen? Well, you know what? When you light a spark, it'll catch fire. You can't start a fire without a spark, Brian. That's right. I don't so, need to be telling you. So who in your family? The she-bear? No. Okay, okay. Well, so long as it... Look, I, I, I'm i fine with your family. I, I, you know, look, I... Oh, you, yeah. By the way, so my niece's husband, good guy, Paul, I mean, it, it occurs to me that, like, last week, we were like, you know, he's, he's British, he's English. And like, you know, we're like doing just like the most idiotic British caricature about you at the uh, Texas embassy. I oh, say, I say, oh boy, what is that green gel? It wasn't idiotic. It was hilarious. I, 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 I thought it was, well, it was my joke. Uh, and I thought it was pretty idiotic. So, uh, okay. So somebody in your family, but not your mom. So we're fine. Yeah. Is this this somebody who's going to tell your mom? (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's your sister. uh... (laughs) So it's your, so it's your sister. God, you know so the, what? You know what? We are not big time in it here. If we got to worry about which one of your relatives, I mean, by the way, as long as she's, as long as you're downloading it, liking, rate, giving a five star review, and sharing it with friends, uh, you know, not necessarily, I'm, not necessarily family, but share it with friends. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that could be problematic if uh you watch some football tell me more about that <laughs> well so mrs winger really wanted to watch the chiefs game last night and Oof. yeah yeah so uh i i splurged for the peacock 
that's uh, five dollars a month. That's the streaming service. No, there's here in here in North Texas. There's a there's an exotic bird meal rent. delivery service. <laughs> yeah, we just so um, uh, I, I called up Unboxed or whatever that company is, and they they delivered me a peacock. I do say, sir, what type of bird is that? My say. Like, <laughs> it's probably it's probably like I don't know, yeah. No. So anyway, um, uh, so anyway, Brian, I I've probably offended my family too. Uh, I we we're, we're since we're not a true crime podcast, my sister uh, won't really listen to us, but. Um, she did listen to the day on the brain and she thought it was hilarious. It is. My sister can be really funny. She and I have kind of a good thing. Um, but, uh, you know, just with our parents coming between us the way they are, things have been mm. old. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so what, yeah. So anyway, so uh, I got Peacock, just added it to the, you know, hundred other uh, it's so cheap it hardly even adds up streaming it's like a cup services. of coffee it's like a cup yeah. of coffee yeah next thing you know i'm yeah i'm 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 getting coffee out every single day <laughs> there there actually there was something else on um uh you, know, you probably don't i don't know you might i don't know do you, do you have any familiarity with uh kevin costner's uh yellowstone um, I watched a few episodes and uh, decided it wasn't my cup of uh, yeah. strong, black, strong black coffee. It, it is a strong cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I, somebody, somebody said it was like, it was like uh, the Sopranos in a red state. That's that, yeah, that's so anyway. Yeah, Godfather of the West is what I've heard. <laughs> well, wasn't that Michael Corleone in Reno? No, I'm sorry, Lake Tahoe. I always confuse those two, and I'm told that they're really not comparable. Yeah, that uh, Lake Tahoe is super nice, and Reno is like. Uh, louvers <laughs> right since i'm sure most of our our uh, listenership is coming from colorado all right so have you have you looked at the statistics anybody else any other interesting places because i you know i'm always amazed by levine who's like and we added a new listener from county cork in ireland we're so happy to have you with us and we're like you know and, and we, we can barely get it narrowed down to national borders well 
but that's okay. That, that was, I think that he gets those kind of ad analytics because he's on anchor. <laughs> you mean Ank anchor, the same company that I recommended? <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. Let's see here. Well, here we go. Uh, you know what? We are also happy to welcome a listener from the great country of Ireland. <laughs> they do such great things over there, and I'm really happy to uh, have a listener. This goes out to you, Ireland. Faith and Begora. Did you hear how we were making fun of the English? <laughs> Tell a friend, like, subscribe. <laughs> we're just trying to give the people what they want. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I got a heck of a I got a heck of a problem. For the second time in a couple of years, I got a plumbing leak someplace, and it's not it's not clear. It's not noticeable. There's no you know, there's no bubbling wellspring of water. There's not a noticeable leak. But um, for the last two months, my uh, water usage has been going through the roof. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I, th there was a plumber I really liked, but he only really does drain, un unclogs drains. Um, so I don't know. I got to find a guy and <clears throat> the last, the last time this happened, it was underneath the house. Is that right? No, that was what was so scary. They said it was going to be underneath the house. And so like, they're going to, you know, pull the carpet up and like jackhammer. jackhammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then like two days before they show up with the jackhammer, we see, we see a leak out in the front yard and then they're like, oh yeah. It must be here. So like they dug down two guys, two, two small guys came and they dug a hole that they could have buried my body in. And by the way, if I would had to dig that hole, that's all that I would have been good for. Um, it's unbelievable how hard <laughs> some people work. Anyway, I mean, I, I just, well, you know, anyway, they were young. I, probably I in their 20s. I, no, they weren't. Um, but they were probably, well, one of them was younger than me, uh, for sure. But I, it's, it's flabbergasting. So uh, I try to remind myself that um, when... When I have a bad day at work, it's better than digging a hole. Yeah. It's 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 also better than being the penis steerer at a stud farm uh, with uh, horses. That's right. Would you like to explain my reference from Tom Wolfe's A Man in Full? No. <laughs> In Tom Wolfe's novel, A Man in Full, there is a scene that's at a horse farm 
and uh, Charlie Croker, the protagonist. The, the titular man in full. Yep. Uh, he's, does he have, is he showing this to somebody else? Is that, is yeah, that he, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, he, he brings people in. I mean, he, he likes the, uh, the earthiness of it. The, I mean, the, he likes it. It makes other people uncomfortable. He likes that. But, but I mean, to him, I mean, the stud horse is like just this like powerful force of nature. And this is what life is like on earth. And uh, he likes to see the uh, well-heeled city folk squirm and, and be uncomfortable um, as, you know, Right. And, I'm not, and, so I'm not Tom, and Tom Wolf being an excellent writer or who was an excellent writer. And, and, and who researches things to the maximum level. Yeah. Um, I have no doubt that what he wrote about, he saw numerous times. Uh, probably, but so anyway, so the thing is, is when a stud horse is ready to go, um, he can actually hurt the mare. Uh, and so they're like guys who have to like, um, kind of like try to control him so he doesn't hurt her. And since he is a brute animal, uh, the, that is the, the, the stud horse, stud horse. Uh, is a brute animal. Um, he has some trouble sometimes finding um, the mare, and so there's a, there's a guy who has to like kind of get down under there and yeah steer yeah S yeah steer uh, and. Um, I always thought that that would be a not great job. For all I know, it pays like, you know, eight times what I make now, but you know, it, it still wouldn't be. I bet it doesn't. I bet it doesn't. Yeah, I guess that's right. I, yeah, I guess that's right. So um, anyway, these guys, these guys dug a hole and they fixed my problem, but now I got a different problem and uh, I got to get serious about it because, you know, it's, you know, it's cost, it's cost me money. I don't like the waste stuff. And um, typically these sorts of problems only get worse because if something's leaking somewhere, it could be undermining my, and, and I'm not seeing it, could be creating a sinkhole under my house or in the yard. Yeah. And uh, yeah, water and homes don't get along well. So stupid. Just hate everything. Some things don't react well to water. Running running water. Yeah. Like he yeah, said the to paraphrase the captain of the submarine. Right. <laughs> idiot. So um I was thinking about I was thinking about writing. I was thinking, but uh, I just don't think I'm gonna have time. Julian wants me to ride bikes. I got to, you know. So my friend Gary, 
saw my, I talked to my friend Gary yesterday. Mm-hmm. His wife put him on a diet and he says she's not being nervous ratchet about it, but he knows it's good for him. Um, so it's like no carbs, no sweets. And he says life is just terrible and barely worth living, you know, because, and, but he's dropped like 30 pounds and, you know, three months and that's great. You know, he says his hips and knees are loving it, but there's just no, I mean, it just, I don't, no I, joy I, in I, Mudville. I don't know, you know, but you know, there's no joy after you, you know, whatever you, you eat what you want to eat. And then, you know, you like stay at the same late weight or whatever. And, you know, you, and then your joints hurt. So how do you, how do you stay so thin? Um, how do you stay so gaunt and emaciated? <laughs> well, uh, I'm not, I, I've been, Oh, that well, that's right. Because, because you're as strong as Jared. <laughs> um, I just, I'd like to say that I'm careful about what I eat, but I'm not super careful. Um, I, I, I probably have, ice cream maybe once a week how much would you say you have when you have it um i'll fall off the wagon pretty hard so i'll i'll eat a whole thing of ben and jerry's okay okay uh and, and then i'll and then i'll go for a couple of weeks and i won't have anything so uh, yeah i don't i really don't eat that much sugar i try not to i don't drink soda very often at all yeah um red bull once a month, that stuff's poison. <laughs> like the fifteenth of every month. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just whenever I feel like it. I yeah. I was talking. I was talking to Jack today about it, and he loves it. I love the taste of it. And uh, but he he, you know, he'll have one one a week or so. I'm surprised. Uh, I'm surprised your wife lets it in the house. Who said she lets it in the house? <laughs> you and you and Jack meet around the corner, slam a hey, Red Jack, Bull, and let's go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> or should I say, a run? Uh, well, Jack's such a good-looking kid. He, uh, you know, he's got that whole. Um, I don't even know. You, you, you assure me it's not Abercrombie and Fitch, but he's like got like the whole rumpled collegiate look working, you know, whereas like his, is, is, is it's like he went to a focus group to find uh, just how short his khaki should be, you know, to, to show his flamboyant socks, which are, you know, I mean, it's like, it's like he's uh, rumpled, but not like Jeff Winger rumpled, which is true rumpled, like Columbo rumpled. Uh, he's like um, focus group rumpled. I think that focus group, I, I think he really is like Columbo, Columbus rumpled. But Columbus? I think that Columbo, today, uh, speaking of Columbus. Yeah. Uh, okay. So first of all, uh uh 
you did say Columbus, uh, I know. but you meant Colombo. Colombo. Yeah. Uh, I think it, he really is Colombo rumpled, but everything looks, everything looks a lot better when you're six foot tall and, and 165 pounds. You wouldn't know. <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been 165 pounds and I've been six feet tall but never at the same time. <laughs> when, I was, when I was Jack's age, I wasn't as tall as him as he is right now um, and, was, and was even skinnier. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. But, but you tan. Whereas... Uh, Whereas Jack seems kind of like he's kind of fair, kind of got that Nordic skin from mother's side of the family. Yeah. By the way, um, uh, we spent some uh, quality time with uh, Brian and his, Mrs. Winger and I spent some quality time with uh, Brian and his family uh, on Zoom yesterday. And uh, I couldn't help but notice that like your family were wearing sweaters. Uh, Sarah was under a blanket. Uh-huh. Is it a little chilly in Denver? Oh, I think it got down to like 46 last night. That, that, that's a little chilly, isn't it? It's getting there. Yeah, it feels pretty chilly. Yeah, if, it, if, it's not, if, it, if that ain't chilly, it'll do until it shows up. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it was actually hot here yesterday. And when I went to bed, it was still hot. And I, I could, I really, I had a hard time getting down and, um, I tried to listen to Chris Levine's podcast. Um, and it's just so darn interesting. I couldn't fall asleep. Uh, by the way, we're going to, by the way, we're going to get snow this week. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. No, we're supposed to get a couple inches of snow. Well, look, I, I think that Denver needs all the precipitation it can get since, uh, you know, you're just a bad year away from children dying in the streets from, from the drought. Spontaneous combustion of the entire state. Okay. You know, I mean, well, actually you didn't, you didn't have the forest fires this year that you had the year before, right? No, we had a, we had a couple of them, which pretty, you know, uh, by recent standards, this was uh, pretty mild as far as forest fires are concerned. This just in from Emily Fry. She picked up a Perry Mason book. He might be giving Travis McGee a run for his money. <laughs> Not when it comes to the ladies. Yeah. Uh, Perry Mason, I think, was written by Earl Stanley Gardner. Unless that's who wrote. Or Robert Earl Diggs. Billy Bob Thornton. I don't know. I think it was the three. Earl, Stan Earl, I think it's Earl, Earl Stanley. Earl Stanley. Earl Stanley. So who? Uh, um, Earl Stanley Gardner. And then um, I don't know. There's oh, Ch Charlie Chan books were written by um, Diggs or Biggs or something like that. 
did you oh it was on hbo did you catch any of the uh oh the perry mason with uh matthew uh, reese reese iphens matthew reese iphens matthew reese uh no i didn't I, I as you know i i i would rather squander my fortune on um uh piddly streaming services and not go big uh with uh, hbo so i you know i have peacock that's nice that's nice too if you want to see my peacock peacock that's a Katy perry song is it uh it is and i think there's a double meaning to it uh no Katy perry she keeps it He plays it pretty straight. Katy Perry. Um, yeah, I didn't watch it, the HBO series either, but I do like Matthew Reese. So. Um, he's interesting. Have, he, have, you heard, have you heard him interviewed in real life? Uh, does he have a really thick Welsh accent? Like you, you, subtitles. Are you no are kidding? Do, doing a ton of the heavy lifting there. That is hilarious. That's yeah. hilarious. Uh, there, oh, and in the Lord. American, in the Americans, I mean, you, I didn't ever really hear it come out. Right, right. No, 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 no. He, um, and mm, I, I didn't see all the Americans, but um, the ones that I saw, he. I didn't. You know what? You you know what? You can give me that look all you want, okay, Mister HBO, okay, whatever. So don't you go getting all high and mighty on me. Um. Uh. Anyway. Yeah. No. I. 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 I didn't hear. I mean, I know he had a perfect American accent, which is good because I, I'll tell you, sometimes you get a Brit playing an American and it's not very good. Uh, and my example here would be the night manager, which was uh, a, a really good sh uh, uh, mini series on like AMC and the BBC had Hugh Laurie as the bad guy and Tom Hiddleston as uh, the protagonist. And they bring in a guy who's supposed to be CIA, but he, his, if he's American, his, he was talking very funny. You've just got a cowboy and a pregnant lady backing you up. And then it was it, it was really weird, and it turns out he was uh, he's a, he's a Brit. So, um, you know, the, there's a really interesting thing. This came out about the time uh, a band of band of so I guess the early the the, the mid aughts. Okay, uh, you got you had Band of Brothers, and half those American soldiers were played by British actors. Mm -hmm. um 
Damian Lewis, about the same time, got a gig on an NBC show called Life. Mm -hmm. It started good and then finished weak. And there were just a lot of Brits. And, and I think it was Damian Lewis who was interviewed and they thought that, like on NPR, Mrs. Winger was telling me about this, saying that, you know, with a British actor, you get a quality actor and you can get him cheap. So just another example of immigrants taking our jobs, probably stealing our women in Hollywood. You know, we've got, we've got American actors in dinner theaters all across the Midwest. Do they get a chance to probably. be? No, no, probably not. Probably not. I, I'm kidding. I, I'm all for, I, look, I just think it ought to go to the best actor. Yeah. Um, oh. Which, um, is, which is why, but, don't even get me started on this, on this business about you have to be, to play a blank, you have to be a blank, whatever. It's like a... It's acting. Well, that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. It's a slip. It's a slippery slope. Okay. That's what I always. That's what I always say. Well, <laughs> Tom Hardy was in Band of Brothers, played an American soldier, had just a a real short bit part. Seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, the guy. Oh, I kind of like this guy. Uh. He was in the American version of Life on Mars. Um, he's Irish and he played the officer in charge of Dick Winter's group. So I, I don't know. I mean, he was like a high ranking American um, for what, the 101st Airborne? That That's mm -hmm. who... Damian Lewis's Dick Winters. I mean, that was who, who that was about. Um, yep. And like they never, I mean, so he was like at the pre D Day briefing of the troops and then he disappeared on D Day. They never found him. And then so Dick Winters ends up being uh, in charge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like, I like that guy though. He has a nice, uh, he had a, I can't remember his name. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I didn't. I don't remember Tom Hardy. Yeah, it was real small, real small bit. There were a couple of guys from uh, the Man Who Knew Too Little. So this was like the mid '90s, and they were like just young actors. There's like one guy who who plays an actor, and another guy who plays a mugger, and they both have like been in. It, one of them was in Band of Brothers. I, I think one of them was like the sergeant, and then the other one was. Uh, mm, he's been in some other stuff. Um, I think I saw that he. I, I I don't know. He's been in different stuff, but I know he was in uh, a show called Ray Donovan. Hmm. That I don't really have a working familiarity with. It seemed like. 
an Irish mob family moves to LA. I, you know, there's all these like fish out of water. It, it, so I don't think Ray Donovan plays like a member of the mob, but he's uh, a fixer. So he gets his hands dirty to clean things up. Knows how to get things done. Yeah. So say you're an agent and your client just woke up um, in a hotel with a dead hooker. I think that that's who you call Ray Donovan. So that's not really for the family. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think I'd ever need Ray Donovan's phone number. I hope. <laughs> Try to avoid those situations. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. The hooker was dead? No, no, no. No, never. Okay, so um, my, what what a busy week we've got. So Brian's jetting off to uh, Jackson Hole. Uh, he's... Uh, I take this supply chain thing that we've talked about is makes it pretty hard to get helicopter parts just say that you know who else worries about helicopter parts your dad <laughs> you know i just i, I rewatched one of those i i, I didn't rewatch like you know rewound several you times. queued it up on peacock yeah <laughs> So, so the only you have to pay for Peacock if you're going to get the sports. So I got I got Sunday Night Football, which uh, the I, the the commercial. Uh, you know, so I was thinking about this today. The commercials on for football have always been ridiculous. Okay, they've always been. You know, like I remember the late '80s. There was like a I don't know if it was a Coors Light commercial or some. Miller genuine. It was probably you know what I think it was, it was Miller, Miller genuine. Yeah, yeah. Miller, it was Miller genuine. Okay, it had like a a DC three and the boys and a bunch of like smoking hot supermodels in bikinis. Okay, and I'm thinking, hmm, that's not really like my life. That's not really my life, you know. Right, but right. okay, so I don't know. I suppose you know you don't want to think about it too much, but maybe there's some sort of corrosive effect that leads a guy to objectify women that's not good whatever but i mean it all just seems so ridiculous to me by the time you're taking a dc3 to the uncharted desert island to bust out the miller genuine draft that at least for me i i don't i don't really think that there was lasting damage uh but the commercials the commercials now are unbelievably woke unbelievably woke so it goes and and i and what i think is going on is that the world is changing and they are um trying to influence the way the world will be in another 20 years because that's what commercials do although 20 years down the road from that Miller Genuine Draft commercial i wasn't taking a dc3 with supermodels to a uncharted island Anyway, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, 
shaping public perception and expectation. And Brian, we need to manage our expectations. It's literally the name of the show. I always forget that. Thanks for reminding me. You're welcome. If we've helped you to manage your expectations and wherever you, your expectations are right now, listening to this, we'd urge you to maybe bring them down a couple clicks. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You'd rather be, you'd rather be pleasantly surprised than, you know, disappointed and heart sick because you didn't, you know, you, you got your hopes up. up. Your, what? Because you got your hopes up. Yeah. Yeah. Because your, your, your expectations weren't met. <laughs> so I think we've done that today. <laughs> oh, we've probably met, but not exceeded expectations today, which is frankly, what you should have expected. All right. I so bet, I bet there were some folks that were wanting to hear about some teacher here, a really vague story um, or hear a story, a really vague story about a teacher who may or may not have been selling secrets to some unidentified government. Entity. And that was maybe that is arguably the worst story you've ever told on the podcast. That's okay. That's okay. Cause your kids are going to be 18 soon. And when they do, and, and as soon as they are, I'm telling the Volkswagen story. I love it how like all of a sudden, like the calendar turns to one day and suddenly it's appropriate. Okay, you're right. I'll tell it now. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't agree more, Brian. It's asinine. Uh, wait, what was... Oh, and then there's that other there's that other story about falling asleep watching MTV. That was a good story too. And a lot of a lot of magic happened. No, me. You? Yeah, it's my story. Oh, okay. Did you have a story about falling asleep with Kathy Lee watching MTV? Nope. <laughs> because. It might have happened to Kathy more than once. Okay. <laughs> I don't, it's, yeah. it's just the two of us and you're doing Homer Simpson into the bushes again. The stories can wait for a little bit, okay? But they're good stories and you know they are. You know what? Look, let's face it. Your kids, your kids are practically married. <laughs> they, they practically have like their own yeah their own families now so yeah yeah all right um listen if you like the managing expectations podcast and we think you kind of do we'd like for you to tell a friend we'd like for you to share it um if you're not subscribed we'd like you to do that um you know, the ratings, I think we're still a ways away from 
really busting into the Apple top 10, but you know what? We're on Spotify, we're on Apple, we're on Google Podcasts, we're in on lots of <laughs> Podbean. Thank you. We're on my favorite podcast platform, Podbean. <laughs> you, you just mispronounced it. I did. Yeah, you, Podbeam. I didn't. I didn't say Podbeam. That's what I heard. Well, uh, by the way, Podbeam is. Um, I, by the way, that's pretty fresh. I like that. It's like it's like beaming it from outer space. I want to go daddy right now. <laughs> I am Jeff Winger, the learned constable and the host of the Managing Expectations podcast. On behalf of the aide-de-camp, Brian Grimm, we, we bid you adieu.